are now entering the fourth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight of the Ford Podcast. Woo! Yeah, we made it. <laughs> we made it. You've got to be kidding me. I, 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 did you see how I changed it up, though? Uh, we made it. It's not the same every time. There's a different inflection. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, how was your guys' weeks? Oh. Uh, it, was, it was really good. Uh, miserable, actually. Why? Yeah. Kevin was ill. Yeah, I was ill. I physically, like, physically, like, physically ill with like, a mysterious condition. Like like Beastie Boys, like like you have a license to ill. No, or you be illin. No, that that's like bad ill. Well, that's like bad good ill. Well, you know what I'm. You know what I mean. No. All right, my symptoms were uh, feverish, uh, feverish, uh, feverish fevers, uh, diarrhea, um, insomnia, uh, just a lethargy. Lethargy. How do you say that word? Lethargic conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you and, trying uh, to quit heroin? It felt it felt like I was going through withdrawal, but I didn't know what I was addicted to. Did you have night sweats and yeah, sweating, yeah, just sweating constantly, yeah. not doing anything, just sitting there and just yeah, well, that happens when you welcome have a fever. to my world. <laughs> You're just covered in sweat all the time. Yeah, I'm chubby. Oh. Now, Kevin, you said you also uh, you ate some beets and you got scared, right? Because oh yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that. That was the uh, that was the solution. But yeah, yeah, on, t- on Tuesday morning. My diarrhea was red, and I was like, "Ah, oh, holy shit! Like, I'm I'm shitting blood. <laughs> Literally, like, I gotta go to the doctor. Like, I might have cancer. I don't know what's going on. Right. But then I, I looked it up online, and I I typed in uh, like, what if I have red stool in in Google, and right. and it came up that I that I, I had a you may have beeteria. It's like diarrhea, but with beets. beets. <laughs> but you you don't you but don't remember? Uh, no, I don't I eat beets. But Monday morning, I got I got uh, early to work, so like I went to like the one of the local shops and I got a breakfast. And on the menu was beet gazpacho soup. So I ate a, oh. a and it was a huge bowl of beets. That'll, that'll basically do it. just mashed beets. Yeah, yeah. So I ate all that, yeah. and then the next day I had like red in my stool. Beeteria. <laughs> beeteria. I had beeteria. It, it sounds like a specialty restaurant where uh, it would be like a, like a taco stand or like a like a yeah, like parlor a, that a cafeteria, a panaderia. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the same thing happened to me though, and I freaked out. Like the first time I ever ate beets, uh-huh. the next morning I you know. I had a shit and it was totally red and I'm like, oh my god! You yeah, know? exactly. That's scary. So I called my dad and he's like, "Son, relax. Probably just ate some tomatoes." And I'm like, "I didn't eat any tomatoes last night," you know. <laughs> so then I went online. And I'm like, "Oh god, no, don't patronize me, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had it up to here with you. I'm not gonna be like you." So he didn't get freaked out when you said like, "No, it's not tomatoes." And he's like, "Man, it's probably something else." Yeah, <laughs> that, he, yeah, <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't worried at all. So. Then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go on the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on the internet, there's all these terrible things. Oh, yeah. Terrible like, things. Like, besides the beateria thing, like, I went on WebMD to find out what was going on oh, this that's week. that's worse. And I typed in, like, uh, sweats and achy joints, because I've also had achy joints. And, like, it came up with, like, you have one of 50 diseases. Like, is it this? Is it this? And I'm like, oh, holy shit. It could be 10 or 20 of them. I don't know. And, like, AIDS is probably one of them, right? Like, night sweats and, you know. Uh, that was the first one. AIDS. Yeah. yeah, A for yeah. AIDS, yeah. AIDS. You might have AIDS. And I'm yeah. like, oh, Christ. <laughs> no, but anyway, and then I read, and I'm like, and I forgot. I, I ate beets. Like, uh, my friend uh, made me dinner one night, an old mm. friend of mine, and he made this cool dish with beets, and I'd never had beets before. You'd never sure. had beets before? I, had, I guess I had never had beets before, oh. um, and I liked them. I really do, and I've, yeah, I've been tasty, eating them ever yeah. since, but yeah, it's like it was scary, you know? And yeah, like you didn't... I was uh. like, oh, and then I called my friend. I'm like, hey, man, 
did you have a red shit this morning? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the Beats, man. Don't worry. It's the Beats. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. It's, it's pizzeria. Yeah. I'm like, okay, thanks, thanks. And I was like, great. And then I called my dad, and I'm like, hey, dad. You were right. Uh, I ate beets last night. And I like, don't oh. care. Click. <laughs> <laughs> now he's like, oh. you're not gonna be like me. Quit calling me. <laughs> My dad was like, uh, as a fine Italian always said, you got to the right answer. Really, fine Italians say that? Yeah, sometimes I guess. Yeah, you got to the like a fine I, Italian. Just, like a fine Italian once said, oh, "You came at the right answer." <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're talking about one particular fine Italian. Yeah. Well, my dad, you know. Oh. He he quoted. I didn't. You know. He quoted himself. Yes, <laughs> my dad quotes himself. You know, as I one time said, as one fine Italian. <laughs> dad, you're the fine Italian. Shut <laughs> up. So anyway, but at least at least we know you're not you don't have blood in your stool, Kevin. Yeah. No, but that can be a very. But I think game. I know what it was though, and I'm surprised you guys haven't come down with the same condition because last Thursday we all at the same time tried the infamous at this point KFC double down sandwich. Yes, yeah. we did try we're, it. We're jerks to our bodies. We, we barely made it. <laughs> we barely made it. We did try it. And man, I got to tell you like uh I it was really funny because um after after we ate it, uh-huh. Kevin, you went poured a glass of vodka and you're like I need to I need to drink this to kill whatever inside and, and it made me feel better actually it ironically well, I'd did. say the same thing every time I pour myself a bottle a glass of vodka but it's to kill memories uh, it doesn't matter what's inside you you yeah. just want it killed yeah, yeah. but yeah it's I mean me. I'm inside me. Yeah. And, uh, and in addition to the double downs just as a side note we also had a, a large side of macaroni and cheese oh yeah a large helping of potato wedges Large, like they come in box form and potato four- wedges. They put a wedge between you and hunger. <laughs> now between you and your years off your life. I'm pretty sure, like all the listeners, you and, probably have to know what the double down is at KFC. But just in case you don't, it's, and it's, four biscuits. It's it's a sandwich, <laughs> but it's, it's a sandwich. But instead of bread, they use two pieces of chicken. Yeah, and and we got grilled chicken and the breaded chicken. Yeah, and I had the grilled chicken one, which is a little lighter. It's about a hundred calories less. Yeah. But it was still really heavy. And in between the pieces of chicken are uh, a slices bacon, of bacon, cheese, a se- and a, several types of cheese, and, and a sauce, and the kernel sauce. Whatever the kernel sauce yeah, is. Yeah, whatever that is. That always scares me when you say the kernel yeah, sauce. Yeah, it's, like, it's like special sauce. You see that on the menu, and you're yeah. like, what the fuck is it? Well, I don't know. Like, is the kernel like jizzing, you know, on the side and mixing it with mayonnaise? You know, I'll, I'll you joke guys, You guys are disgusting. You guys have been nothing but, but poo and jizz <laughs> <laughs> ever since we started. Yeah, but you like that. I know. I was just kidding. Well, funny enough, we've got uh, some comments on the show uh, that people have been writing in, actually. Oh, yeah. and uh, All good, I hope. <laughs> they've been very interesting, and they're mostly directed at Kevin. Oh. So I'll read the first one. Uh, I'll, this, is, uh, this is from listener Stan. Like, Do we know where they're from? Uh, yeah, Stan is from the United States. Okay. Somewhere in the United States. I'm not sure where. He just said Stan, but... Uh, I'm going to say... Detroit. Okay, because well, that's where Eminem. Here's what from. he wrote, yeah, and this yeah. is I'll say Detroit too. You, you can verify this. It's on our website actually. On uh, this on on last on the last episode with Phil Ranta, there's a comment, and this was the comment. Uh, Your host Kevin deserves to burn in hell for his comments. How dare you insult Jesus, our Savior? Burn in hell, sinners. <laughs> what? Okay, you hear that? It wasn't just about me because he said sinners. You did say plural sinners, yeah. but, at the end. But so that's all of us. But we're by association. 
That's right. And, you know, let's, let's be honest. Like, Kevin's not. I'm taking you down with me. Yeah. Kevin's not necessarily a devil. I think it was probably misunderstood. Yeah, I took it out of context. Well, actually, you know, it's funny about that because the bit was, like, we were saying all that crazy shit in order to get angry fan mail. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it worked. We actually got an angry yeah. fan coming. Now, here's the next one. This is from uh, a listener, Marcus, in France. Mm-hmm. And he wrote it in French. And actually, I speak a little bit of French. Uh-huh. So I'm going to read what, you, what he said, and then I'm going to translate it, okay? Wait, is this serious? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard this before, listeners. Yeah, that's why, well, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to say it now. So here. Okay, cool. Uh, this is from Marcus. Le Fort Podcast est magnifique, mais Kevin Ford est le diabolique. <laughs> uh, so anyway, translated. Now, I, I, I do know French. I, I, I've, I've studied it. Uh, the Fort podcast is magnificent, Woo. but Kevin Ford is the devil, oh. or uh, is of the diabolic. Yeah, I like. I thought he was saying it was diabolical. Yeah, yeah. yeah like basically, he's, he's you're diabolical. And then Ed, uh, Kevin, this is great too. We have another listener from Mexico, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and 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 you got emailed, right? Yeah. All uh, right. And do you want to read the the? Yeah. Oh, you got emailed personally. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You can email us all through the <laughs> website. So. Sounds like a printout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, hola, amigos del Fort Podcast. Uh, tu show es muy, muy chistoso y es, me gusta oírlo. Pero uh, el Miguel es, es, es o, o como se dice, Mike, uh, es, es muy chistoso. Uh, Ed, Ed suena, suena muy guapo. Uh, pero que, <laughs> ¿por qué tienes uh, ese, ese güey, uh, Kevin? Uh, Él es un pedazo de mierda del diablo. Uh, <laughs> debes de cortar ese pedazo de mierda y encontrar, encontrarse un, un, uh, un burro. Porque un burro es más chistoso que eso uh, mierda. Okay, okay, okay. Let me translate that. I think I know Muchas what that Muchas gracias, uh, tu amigo Juan. <laughs> Wow, from what? Now, I didn't understand like, it. I, I don't speak no, Spanish. I, no, I Juan? got that. All right, he's, say, he's, saying, he's saying Mike's cheesy. And Ed's very handsome. Kevin is the devil, and he's gonna cut. No, he's gonna cut a donkey, and because the donkey's cheesy, mm. he's gonna cortar the donkey. He said uh, that you are a piece of devil shit, and we should <laughs> cut you and replace you with a donkey because a donkey would be much funnier and less offensive than you. Oh, that's way more insulting and less badass than what I thought he was saying. Oh, okay, interesting. I got one more from Australia. Oh, stop it with the Australia's now. No, no, no. I got one more from Australia. <laughs> it's uh, Bill from The Land Down Under. How are we going to translate this one? Uh, well, I was going to just read it in a, an Australian accent. Now, oh. forgive me. My Australian <laughs> accent is not that good. But, uh, good eye, mate. Fort Podcast is great. That Kevin Ford, he's, he's quite the Tasmanian devil. Maybe the devil himself might be better off without him. Starting to notice a trend here. Bill. L- lots of devil associations. Well, the world has spoken. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of weird. Like, I guess after that podcast, you got uh, the 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 sign of the, you you have the mark of the beast on you. I guess on this oh. podcast, yeah. I was wondering where that so. mysterious backwards six 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 that showed up in my forehead came from. Right. Well, that was because you passed out last week when we were here. <laughs> yeah, you passed out. That's just and, sharpie. Just like in uh. just like in the Omen two or. Yeah, what was Disciples of the Watch? Do you remember? In, 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 the, uh, in the Omen Disciples two, of the Watch? When, uh, that was two or three? No, no, part three is with Sam Neill in United Nations. Part two... Uh, or, o- no, yeah, part three. It was, the it was Disciples of the Watch, yeah. Do you remember she, like, he fell asleep and then and then she, like, 
you know, scratched away his hair a little bit and then saw the mark of the beast. That's what we did with Kevin that one night, remember? <laughs> and he passed out. Yeah. Uh, it was the Omen 3 where uh, Sam Neill wakes up with the with, uh, penises and swastikas drawn on his face. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, just to our listeners out there, Kevin uh, is far from the devil. Nah. Kevin is uh, a lovely person, lovely individual. I'm almost like, like the anti-Satan. Yeah. You're the, <laughs> if, if anything. Yeah, it's true. You're, you're the anti... You're the anti-Satan. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm the anti-Satan, yeah. <laughs> that, like, wrap your head around that, folks. The anti-Satan in yeah. front of us. You're listening to the anti-Satan. So, when was the last time we went to church? <laughs> For Christmas with my family and... Oh, that's nice. Me and my sister had, had fun making fun of the other people who were there. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's very unchristian. Well, it's boring. You know, the guy's just droning on and on. I thought the guy was blind for a half hour. Yeah, the priest? Was, yeah, because like, his eyes were rolling, and I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? 2009? I thought it was a blind priest. But no, he was normal, yeah. He was, and he shook his heart. Well, usually rolling eyes has something to do with demonic possession, or... Uh, or he's know. trying to remember what he's talking about. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you are the devil. <laughs> he had notes on written on his palms. He's like, uh... Uh, Christmas, the uh, Virgin Mary. Now, Kevin, <laughs> let me just ask, like, in church, you were in church, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, was it like when we went to see the Wolfman? Uh. Were you, were you like, were you just laughing maniacally at things and like you and your sister and there were people turning back and looking at you and things like that? Well, a little bit. But the thing is, in church, like the crowd, you know, starts singing, you know, the Catholic church, you, know, you stand up and you start singing songs. So it's okay to laugh out loud then because like nobody's going to hear you laughing. So you can just giggle quietly to yourselves. Right. You know, but then, then when the priest is talking, then, then you got to kind of shut up and stifle it. Yeah. Or turn it into coughs. Yeah. <laughs> Douchebag. <laughs> so anyway, uh, our guest this week, we have none other but then Frank Conniff on the show. Holy uh, guacamole. From Mr. Science Theater 3000. I love that guy. Cinematic Titanic, Cartoon Dump. Uh, he was also uh, the head writer of Invader Zim and uh, was, a, was a writer on the Drew Carey show. A ton of stuff. Yeah. This, is a, this is a really special. I'm really, yeah, this is special. Like, this is a childhood icon of mine. Yeah, absolutely. I grew I mean, up watching this guy. The guy started a movement with uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. And uh, yeah, he's, just, he's done yeah, so much. He's, he's a pop culture hero. Yeah, he absolutely. Really so we're extremely excited to have him on. And stick around after the interview. We're going to be reviewing Nightmare on Elm Street. But before that... A word from our new sponsor, Half-Fast Productions, with a special mini-episode. Holly was just an ordinary high school cheerleader out hiking one day. Like, oh my god, I love nature. Until a mighty earthquake ripped apart the ground beneath her. Uh, Oh my god, I'm falling! After landing safely, she found... A caveman, trapped in ice, holding a club... But he was trapped no longer, for the earthquake was strong enough to break apart his icy tomb. Be so cold. Here, like, uh, take my sweater. I'm Holly. Me, Lord. Lord, trust pretty Holly. Oh, my God. You're so sweet. And now, together, they keep their neighborhood safe from their sworn enemy, crime. Hey, you. Get off that street corner. No drug pushers allowed. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do about it, Blondie? Club him, Lore. Lore hate drugs. Ow! Okay. You two win this time, but Mr. Big is going to hear about this. Who, Mr. Big? Holly? Noah, we need to worry about Lore as long as we, like, uh, stick together. Holly, get on Lore's back. We're going home. But it's only a matter of time before Mr. Big makes life difficult for our intrepid heroes. Join us next time for the exciting adventures of Lore and Holly. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Frank Conniff, everybody. Hey, hey, oh, please, please. The amazing You're Frank Conniff. Kind. Oh, no. The very amazing Frank Conniff. No, please. The wonderful, please. spectacular. Are those panties flying in your direction? Oh, <laughs> yes, and I'm very disturbed that you guys are throwing them at me. Oh, my God, he's covered in hotel room keys. <laughs> Somebody dig him out. <laughs> Actually, we just stole a bunch of keys from Home Depot. Oh, okay. <laughs> we wanted to recreate life on the road for you. Oh, well, that's, I don't know, you must have somehow looked into my soul and saw, <laughs> saw what my life is really like because it's exactly like that. Yeah, there's a website for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of on the road, uh, you were at Sketchfest this year, right? Yeah, we. Uh, um, I I tour with a show that's called Cinematic Titanic. That's like the uh, that's all the original cast of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and it's a live version of that where we take a movie and we. We riff on it and and do it live, and we we were there at the Castro Theater, uh, yeah, like in uh, February, and it was it was a great it was great great. Awesome. Uh, did anything fun happen while you were out there, or I mean, outside of the actual show? Um, nothing, unless you consider constantly being um, approached by homeless people. Fun, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is that's, and I love San Francisco is like one of my favorite cities, but it's it's really out of control there now. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's Very, around uh, Union Square, I think. It's, yeah. I went up there with my girlfriend actually, uh-huh. and uh, I was really surprised. It yeah. was, it, uh, it was worse than, and I've been. To most of the parts in downtown LA, um, right? And I mean, you know, there's a pretty good homeless. But in no, San nothing like nothing in San Francisco. It blew just me away. Constant, actually, yeah, constant barrage of very aggressive people, and God bless them. They they would like you to give them some of your change. You mm-hmm. know, that's their profession is asking for that. And but it just never ends. It's if you go from your hotel to the store. It's like seven seven homeless people, but uh, yeah, you know. I went five blocks and uh-huh. I was down five dollars by the time I got to the, yeah. the my my hotel. <laughs> Were you giving out one dollar a time? Yeah, I didn't have. I <laughs> well, yeah, I asked them if they had change for a dollar, and <laughs> oh, you know, they so usually looked at me back. Being so. a vagrant is a very competitive business. There, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's like they got territories. I would, down. yeah, I would if I were if that was what I was doing. I would go someplace else where there's not as much competition. You know, mm-hmm. See, I would, I would think they, the same thing. Yeah, keys get a dog. Because because people will be like, uh, get out of yeah. here, you homeless person. But then like you're like, oh, but but oh, it's for your dog too. It's like yeah, oh, a dog yeah. a dog would help for sure. Yeah, yeah. but and also the thing is, is there are so many of them. Like you know, I'm Mister like um, liberal, compassionate guy. I, th- mm-hmm. I like to think of myself. But so the first like three or four, you're like very nice and you're like giving them change and stuff. And then by the seventeenth one, you're, yeah. you turn into Rush Limbaugh. Or something. <laughs> like, get away from me, yeah. you know. Which I don't like being that way. But, Pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> homeless people are like uh, are like mice. Where like one is like, oh, this is an adorable homeless yeah, yeah. person. <laughs> but if there's like an infestation of, of homeless people, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, gross. And then like, uh, and then yeah, the more the more of them there are, the more courageous they get, and they start going inside your home, and you know, like, right, right, over. Yeah. And then you just buy a lion mm. to right. control your homeless population problem. <laughs> and then you get a lion problem, and it just doesn't <laughs> it just keeps it just escalates. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's also it's bad for the uh, there's you know legitimate like uh, Girl Scout cookies things like that Ooh. you know. And then I feel bad like you know I I got approached by all these homeless people I gave change I gave all that you know. Uh-huh. 
And by the time I get to like the Girl Scout trying to sell a I'm just like, yeah. fucking just get away. Well, when yeah. you can't, when you can't show compassion for a homeless Girl Scout, that's, that's, it's, that's a bad yeah, Mike, you really, it's, it, it's true. I've been in very dark places. Yeah. <laughs> homeless Girl Scout? Nope. Gonna keep on walking. But you think, although on the other hand, if they're, if they're good at being Girl Scouts, they would adapt well to homelessness because they know how to make fires and you know live out <laughs> in, in the open yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So they would join troops. Do, do they, yeah. yeah, do they go camping? Because like I've never heard of like a girl. Well, scout. actually, in like, San Francisco, they they don't go camping, but they act campy because. Of <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here all week. Thank you. Um, do you have any former Boy Scouts at this table? I was I, anybody a Boy Scout? I, I was a Cub Scout. I, I was in Tiger Cubs, which is like uh, the Scouts for when you're like a baby. Uh, and then you just wore orange T-shirt, and then I did. Then when I was in the Cub Scouts, I did Bobcat, Wolf, and Bear, and then I and then I was just like, ah, I, I I get it. Like I don't need to, I don't need to get the extra beads on the thing so I can tra- trade in my uh my my gold gay handkerchief for a plaid one. What did you do for beads? Uh, it was just like you would do like stuff in in the book. It's like oh, I learned how to tie a knot, an extra bead. I was or, I was really good at the knots. Oh really? Yeah, I, I actually got Eagle Scout. Really? Wow! Yeah. You made it to Eagle Scout? Yep, all the way. So much is answered right now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that there would be a lot of one-upmanship here tonight. So, uh... <laughs> oh, you're not Eagle. You're not Eagle Scout with a golden arrow sash, are you? <laughs> I, I I just love how I have to pick you up. I, I love how the the archetype or the mm. architecture of the. Uh, of the Boy Scouts is uh, when you move up a tier, you move up an animal. Did you ever notice that? It's all related to animals. Cub like Scouts is. Cub Scouts. But, but Boy Scouts. And then Scouts. you're making Eagle Scout, right? Eagle Scout. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess and that means like you're all seeing. But before that, it's a star and life and tender Oh, uh, I didn't know that. And I thought it was all animals. Like right. How old were you when you were an Eagle Scout? I'm still fascinated that you were that. <laughs> um, I, I have to see pictures. You, you got to be in high school to be like an Eagle, <laughs> Eagle Scout, don't you? Well, well uh, the, uh, the limit is uh, once you turn 18, like you have to... You you can't be in scouts anymore. Yeah. Thank so, God. So in my troop, there was a kind of like, it, it just became a tradition where like everybody in the troop, like by the time like their 18th birthday was rolling around, like they really had to get on the ball because like they got like tattoos. Six, you had to wait six months in between each rank, so you had to space it out. So some people it was like it was like 11:55 of before the midnight of their birthday, they were like getting the signature from the scoutmaster. Wow. Like, yeah, some people really procrastinated. But I was about a, but, about about a week before my 18th birthday. Right? That, that, I got it. Yeah. And and what do you do with it like it's, now, like it's, it's a high it's great on job resumes. It's great for it really helps you get laid. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You're 18 and you're like, oh, I'm an Eagle Scout now. No, no lady. If girls actually, accept, Kev, if Kev, Kev's Kev's accepted got, resumes for getting yeah, laid, then yeah. like, yeah, that would be at the yeah. top of the heap. Kevin's <laughs> gotten so much little boy tush because of his Eagle Scoutsmanship. <laughs> if you like to take a girl camping, she might be like, oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's dangerous in the woods. And I'm then like, you no, can say, watch, like, Eagle I, Scout. I, I just tied this nut. Yeah, and we'll be fine. I learned how to tie <laughs> knots really, really well, but I wasn't a Boy Scout or anything. Oh. I, uh, I worked in theater for a long time, actually, oh, um, okay. just as a crew guy through high That's school. That's known as the gay Cub Scout. <laughs> 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 Pretty much. Well, I don't know about the crew part, but... Uh, you don't have a, you're not named after animals. You're named after fancy drinks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think mine was... Uh, mine was... Uh, the Martini- fuzzy navel scout. <laughs> Martini Mike. Yeah. Constantini Martini. Cos- uh, Cosmotini. Yeah, the the yeah, eagle Cosmotini. scout of, of that the equivalent is the blowjob. Job Scout. <laughs> well, so that's I, in the regular Cubs. Well, never mind. <laughs> Un- unofficial now rank. We're getting yeah. into dark areas again. <laughs> um, back to San Francisco. Like one thing that always like uh, 
that I always love going to go see uh, when I go back there is that there's this one like Mexican restaurant on uh, mm-hmm. on Hate Street that and, like and their logo is this little Mexican kid that's riding uh, a thing of corn like a rocket. Uh-huh. But what's awesome about that logo was that like years ago. They they had this thing where like if you got that tattooed on you you would get a a free burrito like for life and mm-hmm. um and what happened was everyone got that tattooed on them and so they couldn't afford like a real tattoo yeah yeah wow. Like, wow. enough people took that deal yeah that so they they're so they were just like uh, fuck it <laughs> sorry that was that was a <laughs> stupid idea yeah. and, and sorry so like now there's all these people like with the little like uh, little Mexican boy on the on the corner of the cob rocket yeah uh, and they're like and now they don't get their free burritos anymore wow I would I would have got one but microscopic like it looked like a freckle but under a microscope see technically <laughs> you really look close it's a little boy in a rocket. I would have gotten a job and paid for a burrito <laughs> when I was hungry. Yeah. Well, I would have found a way to trick the system. That's how I think. <laughs> Every time the Lakers score 100 points, mm-hmm. Los Angeles gets free chalupas. Did you guys know that? No. no. When they are in their home court, in other words, when they're you know over at the Staples Center and they score 100 points, they get chalupas. So I always think so, you so mean like you just, can go in and, and just you can say, order you can order. get a free chalupa, yeah, yeah. Oh, after um, now, points. I'm going to start following sports for the first time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. But LA is a big city, mm. you know, and I'm just mm. thinking like, wow, when the LA Lakers win, the employees must be really pissed. But, they yeah. probably root for the other team. But how many people know about that? I think pretty I, much, pretty much know, everybody like, in LA who listens to our podcast. Knows well, now, that. so yeah. now, sorry, this is Taco going Bell. Yeah. <laughs> if your major interests are sports and chalupas, you're going to know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you can't be into both if you're into yeah. sports. You yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. Just either one or the That's other. what they figured. There's not a lot of people that are into sports and chalupas, yeah, so we yeah. can pretty much do this. No problem. <laughs> so, Frank, mm-hmm. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Awesome show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah we're, it's a classic. I, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, please. No, I'm going to clap. I'm going to clap. No, for it's it. very cool. I mean, yeah. we're very privileged to have you on the show. Uh, you oh, know, thank you've you. done that and also uh, Cinematic Titanic, which is. Right, which is like our new kind of up to date. Yeah, which is fantastic. It. I mean, the concept of just sitting and watching films and commenting and just the hilariousness of it. Is, I mean, is there a difference between the two? Like are you is it like different kinds of films or Well, no, the films are very similar. They're very they're in the B movie horror sci-fi which is great. Uh, yeah. genre. Um, but um, the difference is Mystery Science Theater, you know, had a had kind of a storyline and a premise where Joel um, and Mike were uh, trapped in space and they had two robots that they uh, rift on movies, where Cinematic Titanic is just the five of us, uh, myself, Joel Hodge, and Trace Blue, uh, J. Elvis Weinstein, and Mary Jo Peel. And it's just basically five comedians mm-hmm. sitting in front of a movie and uh, riffing on it. So it's really mm-hmm. like, a, it's like a, a hybrid kind of, of, of mystery science theater and a stand-up show, kind of. Right. You know, do you improv most of it, or do you? No, get no, it's right? very, very uh, carefully scripted. Okay. We, we go through a lot of drafts, and and um, and it's always in a in a, uh, a state of evolution where we the, and the live shows really teach us a lot. You know, the the, the audience laughter or lack of thereof. Sure. You know, we 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 fix jokes and we punch punch up scenes, and and then there are ad libs that that. It come about, but it's it's cinematic Titanic and Mystery Science Theater was always a very tightly scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show. I gather that from Mystery Science mm-hmm. Theater, yeah. but yeah, about how many times would you have to sit through like one movie? 
Well, um, it, uh, in the writing of it, at least a half a dozen times. Really? Sometimes more. And, and oh, as man. I've said many times before, uh, I've, uh, uh, the, the weird thing that's a result of that is I've seen, um, uh, Manos, the hands of fate, more more than I've seen more than I've seen Citizen Kane. So oh, wow. that's like kind of like screwed up, but uh, um, but yeah, we do. And now that we do the shows live, you know, um, we do a lot of different movies in our live shows. But we, you know, once we've gotten through the whole writing process and gotten it to a point, then we're still watching it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it oh, can yeah, drive right. you a little crazy watching the movie so many times. <laughs> uh, you are know? you handpicking these movies, or do you have a producer that picks them for no, you? No, we we pick them. Uh, Joel uh, Hodgson is, uh, I'd say, at this point, is is the one, uh, and Mary Jo Peel uh, uh, and and the others too, and Trace and Josh. They've helped pick movies, and and myself too, but. Um, uh, Joel uh, does a lot of just like researching and finding distributors and making deals and stuff. And um, on Mystery Science Theater was actually my job to look through the the box of tapes of movies and right. help mm-hmm. pick the movies. But now it's kind of a, um, you know, and we'll take six people suggest movies to us and stuff. And then sure. we'll, we'll see if the rights are available and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you know? guys, you've started... A subculture of of people that do this. I mean, right, uh, right. Riff Tracks is also popular. Yeah, Riff Tracks is another a very funny uh, project that Mike Nelson and uh, Kevin Murphy and right. Bill Corbett, who also are from Mystery Science Theater, that they. But with they, the difference between them is they actually do modern like blockbuster yeah, kind of movies, right. and then they put an M, they 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 make an MP3 file that you can buy, and then. It, Play the commentary along, right? So yeah. they have it. They have it made because they don't even have to pay for the movie. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. They get around so, the. I don't know how issue, well yeah. it's doing right now. It's more yeah. of a. It's pretty cult, but I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting. I think, I think it's definitely picked up. It's like, definitely picked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rift. Yeah, I think I get the impression they're doing very well. Mm-hmm. So, but the idea of a traveling show with it is, is fantastic. Yeah, because well, it's, a, it's a, you can really get the audience involved. Yeah, in we lo- just love the audience feedback. Is just for me, it's like crack. You yeah. Know? Do you record the shows? Do you record the? We did. Actually, we did a week at uh, Largo here a couple of uh, months ago. We did five nights at Largo, and we did a different movie each night, and three of the movies were recorded, and um, two of which we've released, East East Meets Watts, which is a kung fu black exploitation mm-hmm. chop sake <laughs> nice extravagance fantastic, fantastic and then the alien factor which is in the classic mode of incredibly cheap uh, <laughs> sci-fi movies yeah. mm-hmm. and then the one that we just did in new york which is called danger on tiki island which is coming out on dvd very soon we, uh-huh. we recorded that one too that's fantastic yeah especially for the three of us we're huge b horror movie fans you know i mean we yeah, just, right. yeah. We'll watch stuff to laugh. We'll watch uh-huh. something that might be good, actually. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, sometimes it's almost a, a half-reverence, half-joking, ripping it apart. Right. Well, I, I, what so many people have said, and, you know, we do meet and greets with the fans after the show, and and people always say uh, about Mystery Science Theater, they're like, you guys, they say to Joel, you know, you created a show of people doing what me and my friends were doing already. You know, That's yeah. the beauty of yeah. it, too. There's mm-hmm. something very comforting about it, too. I mean, uh, whether you have aliens or comedians mm-hmm. doing it, it's just great. Because we all know we want to say stuff, you know. Yeah. 
And it is fun when you're with your friends and you're just watching one of those movies you don't have mm-hmm. to pay too much attention to. You're just having fun. I mean, it's yeah, it's what, what you do. So you you chose the movies for Mystery Science Yeah, I played a part in the in the selection process. But like, yeah. what movies didn't get in? Like, if, if a movie was too good, would it be like, oh, we <laughs> well, yeah, there are some that are too good, you know. But um, <laughs> the thing that's funny is, you know, um, uh, a question I get a lot is... Um, People say, were there movies that were too bad to do on Mystery Science Theater? And the answer to that is yes, thousands of them. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, like just like too awful. Too awful. And also, you know, um, yeah, when that are just you can't hear what they're saying or, you know, it's and, – and, Just because the audio is so Yeah, bad. the audio, like all the technical aspects are so oh, bad. Oh, yeah, the technical part. Yeah, yeah. but That'll also just, anyway. you know, some movies are just um, – uh, you know, there's a certain um, kind of uh, B um, uh, horror movie or bad movie that that lends itself to what we do. And but there are a lot of them that are just boring, you know, yeah. and and that are just nothing happens. And you know, there has to be something almost literally unwatchable. Yeah, right? literally yeah. unwatchable. Exactly. Yeah. And and um, um, as I've I've said before that you know as far as what makes a movie right for us to do with Cinematic Titanic or Mystery Science Theater it's it's kind of like the Supreme Court's definition of pornography you know it when you see it you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some movies you know like like Manos the Hands of Fate is one that it, I mean that's a movie any you can really watch that and and enjoy it without the commentary because yeah there's something uh, there's a few movies like that. Um, that are, that are, are just mind-boggling. You can't believe that they, that they made it. Yeah, and yeah. and and those are the kind of ones that are perfect for for what we do. Right. You know? those, those. What were they thinking? Moments? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there's some kind. Of, also, there's some kind of weird like um, expression of the filmmaker's soul that comes through. You know, which I actually I find very enga- engaging in a bad movie where like Ed Wood movies. You know, I mean, he kind of like we. He kind of reveals himself, you know, you kind of get a uh, glimpse into who he was and what he was like. And and in that sense, he's kind of an artist in that way, even though, like, it's also incompetently made. You know, I I thought, like, Tim Burton's uh, Ed Wood movie uh, with Johnny Depp really expressed that really well, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that, that he had a lot of those impulses of an artist. But it just, you know, there, you know... The, the talent thing wasn't completely happening for him, you know. So, uh, but still, something he still ended up making something that that was kind. Of, the, his movies are special in their own way, you know. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Those, yeah, and those are the kind of movies. Like at least there's personality, right? There's it. personality, yeah. and and you know, and there's more soul in like an Ed Wood movie than in any Michael Bay movie, I think. You know, sure. mm-hmm. so. It's uh, those are the kind of movies that are really fun to do. I think you kind of put it into words because my girlfriend always asks me, "Why do you like?" Watching B horror movies and, and all that <laughs> instead of instead of making love to me, <laughs> yeah. Instead of taking me out to dinner, it's more like Mike, come to bed. Why are you still watching those shitty movies? I'm ovulating for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm watching Night of the Demons three. I haven't seen this one yet. It's the latest installment. But yeah, there's I don't know. It's, it's that element, I guess. It's just I like seeing movies that are out there that like there wasn't much of a budget, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like I mean, you know, you could see they they tried. <laughs> Yeah, they, they exactly. Did. It's, and, and I think some of the some of these people do make these movies uh, with a sense of humor in mind. Like uh-huh. they know it's going to come. Across. Well, those, but actually, though, those movies are not good for mystery science. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't want the when there's like right. any kind of self conscious winking. You want like, the intentional, where you like, right? You want sincerity on the part of the filmmaker, <laughs> and you, you don't want. 
you don't want them in on the joke. Then yeah. then the whole thing is ruined. Totally, you yeah. Know? Yeah, you have. <laughs> you, but, you, but you guys have done some like like inept comedies before, or, or at least we like, did a few. We we kind of uh, veered away from comedies. For the most part, but we did one called Catalina Caper that was a comedy that, that I thought came out very, very well, you know. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any favorite films, like, through all the, the time that you've been doing this that you just came across, besides uh, Manos, Hands of Fate? Oh. <laughs> I mean, you, I wonder if you have a list or, you know. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's um, you know, a lot of it is, is a blur, and sometimes, like, uh, um, movie there are movies movie. I know know that we did, but I have no memory of them, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> well, just, yeah, but, I mean, year after year, you're just doing tons yeah, of them. Yeah, but, but I really liked, um, uh, there's another filmmaker who was, like, kind of our, like, the Ed Wood that we discovered, kind of, <laughs> named uh, Coleman Francis, who yeah. made... He made uh, Beast of Yucca Flats and um, Red Zone Cuba. Red Zone Cuba, which is practically unwatchable. But uh, <laughs> um, and then another one called Skydivers, which I just find a very, a very kind of oddly lyrical movie in its own yeah. like really weird way. Like the, the 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 characters, everyone looks really interesting. Like. Um, and I kind of like that in bad movies too, where they don't have any pretty people in them. You know, it's just <laughs> but really interesting looking people. Yeah, you totally. know, I love movies like that. Where yeah, and the, the cool thing about skydiving yeah. is like, yeah, it's like a movie where it's like let's make a movie about skydiving. Like yeah. that's our hook, and then so they spend like there's like scenes that are just like five minutes long. It's just people falling right. through the air. Yeah, <laughs> before they, they hit their shoot, they like, do a lot of that, and, and there's a lot of um, in a lot of those B movies we do. There's a ton of padding. In other mm. words. Like the filmmakers are like, we have the movie has to, and then we're not even talking about a two-hour movie. We're talking about a seventy-five-minute movie sometimes, an eighty-minute movie. Right. Uh, but they, they, in order to make it a feature-length movie, they're like, well, we're going to need twenty minutes of this person walking through the woods <laughs> in order to stretch it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and those are the parts that are really hard to work on and hard to write. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Manos is full of that in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, Manos is just endless. Them driving. <laughs> And and if I remember right, I think one of the things we did uh, was we just kept saying uh, Manos, the hands of fate. Yeah. You know, we just kept like repeating yeah. Manos, <laughs> yeah. yeah, hands of fate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because it was it, it just st- stuff like that is just unbelievable. Yeah, because you know? Top Gun was was a very short movie. Yeah. So they're like, hey, during the break, they're all playing volleyball. So they just filmed that, and they're like, oh, great! Now, now the movie's at perfect yeah. length. The volleyball right, scene's right. only like three lines long. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I, I love. I loved uh, the Kenny Loggins song, uh, "Danger Zone." Danger Zone, yeah. I, you mean Footloose? No, <laughs> no, Danger Zone. I, yeah, I absolutely. Uh, I'm, I, I do music for uh, a living. I, oh, okay. I, um, so I've always been, but I don't know. It was, it was one of those weird things when that song came out. I had my little Walkman, mm-hmm. and when we go on field trips and stuff, you know, in class, be on the bus, and I just I play that song like over and over again. Wow, that's... and it just it got me all pumped up, you know. Mm-hmm. So then when that bully came for your lunch money, you were like. Uh-uh, not today. Rick. I was I was lucky. I never had like a bully, but you know, I remember there was like but a girl. I've, I like. I've never heard anyone before tell me that they used Kenny Loggins to give them an edge. Oh yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it was a serious edge, you know. And because uh, when I saw when I saw Top Gun, I, I don't remember how old mm. I was, but I was just yeah. That was, was like eighty eight. Eighty eight. Yeah, it was one of the earlier movies that I saw. You know, like eleven. I think my dad took me to see it, and. Uh, and he loved the movie, <laughs> you know, but uh, but I just remember that song, and there was this girl that I liked in 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 my in my sixth grade class, you know, and I was always afraid to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we were on a field trip to the Getty Museum, the old Getty Museum that used to be in Malibu, 
Um, and uh, I remember she was kind of sitting, she was sitting uh, in a seat, and then she had an empty seat next to her. So uh, the whole ride, I was playing Kenny Loggins' <laughs> Danger Zone, you know, and I was getting all... Now, was it just a single, or were you, like, uh, like no, skipping, I, like, Take I, My Breath Away? I had to, uh, yeah, I, I knew they had Berlin on there, you know, Take My Breath Away. Mm-hmm. But I would have to rewind it, you know, and then start it again. And luckily, I think it was at the top, so, like, I could just, you know, rewind it and just let it go. Uh-huh. So anyway, I listened to it about maybe 10, 15 times, and then I was like, cool. And then I, I got up, and I went and sat next to her. And, and then... I, and then uh, that was about it. <laughs> Did you talk to her? Uh, no, I had to listen to the song another hundred so times, and then I actually was able mm. to uh, talk to her. That was about like and three then? weeks later. <laughs> then, uh, I don't know, it was one of those things like... And then we he were, joined theater. It and... turns out she was a big Jim Messina fan, and so <laughs> she was bitter about Kenny Loggins. Uh, and, and she loved Iron Eagle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, Iron <laughs> Eagle was much better than uh, Top Gun. Come on. Her name was uh, Jennifer Taylor. And uh, yeah, it's just weird. We just never went out. I never had a, a, a girlfriend in in uh, grade school, and I, I do attest it to. I didn't have enough pump up songs, <laughs> or maybe too many pump up songs. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you uh, know, maybe my, nothing my, to do with pump up. Maybe pump up songs was the wrong path. My eighth, my eighth grade year, my eighth grade year, my pump up song was "Blaze of Glory" Bon Jovi uh, or John Bon Jovi, his solo album, "Young Guns 2. "Young Guns Two soundtrack. And actually, I listened to that whole thing. Like, why is up. the bartender singing the main song in this movie? And at the time, too, oh yeah, that doesn't make sense. My, uh, I about that. my dad bought a he bought a, a boombox, and that was my only like. He would let me use it, and that was my only CD player. And this is back when I just had a few CDs, and I'd listen to Bon Jovi, Blaze of Glory. But he kept it on the floor, so I'd always just, like, after I finished my homework, I'd just go lay on the floor and listen to the entire Blaze of Glory album. And then what I started doing was Did I started... furniture? I started... Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. What would just, happen if you listened to it, like, without the headphones? Uh, no, I, I always listened to headphones, because then I started singing along with it, like, the whole album. I'd sing along and pretend like I was singing... And I remember it led to all these embarrassing moments, like, you know, my mom would come in, uh-huh. and I'd be into the, the heat of it, you know, I'd be like, bang a drum for the done, bang a drum, and then, she, and then all of a sudden I'd look over and there'd be my mom, I'd be like, shaking her head, and she'd be like, and she'd just kind of look at me weird, and it was kind of like she was maybe worried about me or something. You're like, get out of here, I'm whacking off! <laughs> no, no, you were rocking out. No, I was whacking off, get out of here! You, you, you sick pervert, get out of here, mom! Damn it, Ed. I was going to make a masturbation yeah. joke. You beat me to it! <laughs> That's very common with this group, by the oh, way. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we do. Lots uh, of... You know, it's funny when you talk about like in music, like because I lived in uh, New, I grew up in New York City, and right. I lived there in like the seventies. I was in my like late teens, early twenties, and it was it was the height of the punk rock movement, you know, and CBGBs right. and the Mud Club, um, and all that music. And so people think, oh, you were really got to be a part of a very vital, uh, you know, revolutionary. Uh, iconoclastic music scene um but the, the 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 point of it was is that punk rock was invented as a rebellion against the kind of music i was into <laughs> right you know? right because totally. i was like totally into like yes and emerson like Palmer and like all those like dinosaur like progressive rock um like kind of pretentious sure um bands that like the punk rock movement was like a rebellion against so, oh yeah you know i was like Standing in the middle of uh, CBGB's, going, "Hey, come on! I like Emerson, Lincoln Palmer." You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if, uh, if 
if Kenny so Loggins could, like existed back in the seventies, the punk. Well, he did actually. Loggins and Messina were, were yeah, big, that's were true. Big act that's back true. In the seventies, but that was another thing that punk was like. You know, we hate that that uh, manufactured right. kind of mm-hmm. pop stuff, and and um, and uh, you know, my musical taste, and and like I appreciate what what punk represents, but it was never like musically what I, what I always like kind of intricate and melodic sure, yeah. kind of things. So I was completely like <laughs> not hip at all at the time when I really should have been hipper than I was. We said Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Who else were who were some of your other? Uh... I liked Yes. I liked yeah. um, King Crimson. Oh yeah, and, great and then I was also like getting into jazz, and I was listening to Coltrane. Sure. And, you know, and Miles Davis and stuff like that, and I and I and I really loved um, a lot of the jazz rock guys like um, Weather Report and um, John McLaughlin and um, yeah. I was and, a big John McLaughlin, yeah, actually, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Which you know, that, I'm still, I'm still, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I listen which, to the old albums all the time, yeah, which was was great. But it, but it, if you if you were just into like, uh, you know, a lot of the. Um, rock critics at that time who were like advocating uh, punk and stuff like they just hated all that all that stuff yeah. that I was into but I still like I still like the stuff that I yeah that I like right you know? absolutely so yeah. who were you seeing at CBGB's when you're I, well, like... I would just go in and like you know um, <laughs> I, I, I it wasn't like I was there a lot but I, w- I went to there a few times and I went to uh, the Munt Club a few times and you know just to kind of hang out and be high and you know and try to meet some women or whatever you know uh, so yeah. um but like i said like it didn't help me that i wasn't like yeah. i didn't come <laughs> off uh you know in this punk movement it's like i'm walking in in an orange sweater or something <laughs> <laughs> you know it just didn't didn't work that well were you always uh, a movie buff i mean when did the yeah, movies yeah yeah i was a, a movie buff from uh very early on yeah. um uh, i was i was a, a very much of a movie and just show business in general, I yeah, was yeah. very into, and comedians and you know television and stuff like that. But I was really into um, movies when I was, you know, when I was seven years old. I I would have, uh, I told people with uh, great authority that uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world was the funniest movie ever made. <laughs> right. I, I've since revised my opinion, but when I was seven, <laughs> I was like very, you know, I felt that very strongly, you know. So, so, sure. so in other words, like even when I was a little kid, I just when when I saw something that I loved, I was mm-hmm. very passionate about it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Was your uh, family show busy at all, or well, um, a little bit because my dad. Um, was a journalist in New York, and he wrote a column for a newspaper that's no longer around called the Journal American. And uh, he wrote a lot about politics, but he also, um, you know, he knew a lot of people in show business. Like my dad was was actually friends with Jackie Gleason. He was friends with Phil Silvers, wow. and and uh, so I kind of grew up in that uh, in that milieu kind of of of, of like. New York City and like nightclub. Not that I went to nightclubs when I was a kid, <laughs> yeah. but I was just enamored of that from a very, very yeah. early age. Okay. And, and theater and movies and television. And, and I was very, uh, from a very early age, I was very clear about the fact that I, you know, I wanted either to be a comedian or a filmmaker or a game mm-hmm. show host or, yeah. you know, whatever, you know. Anything that was was involved with show business, I was very uh, very into. How did you land the spot in uh, Mystery Science Theater? 
Well, that was just pure uh, coincidence and luck. I was—I actually ended up moving um, in 1985. I moved from New York to Minneapolis. Minneapolis, uh, okay. yeah. And and there was a great comedy scene in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a lot of great comedians there. One of whom was Joel Hodgson, who had already been to L.A. Um, already had been on Saturday Night Live. Already had been on Letterman. And had a very hot career in L.A., but decided he he wasn't happy. You know, he was like in his early twenties. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't happy with it, and and he he was from Minneapolis. He was from Minnesota. He was from Wisconsin actually, but mm-hmm. he his career started in Minneapolis, and he just decided he wanted to go back home. He didn't want to live in L.A. anymore, so he came back um, in the mid eighties. To Minneapolis, and that's where I met him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, kind of, he wasn't actively pursuing his stand-up career that much, but he was kind of going around the clubs and trying out stuff in Minneapolis. And 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 then in like 1988, he started Mystery Science Theater on this UHF station, um, mm. and then it got on the Comedy Channel. And you know, one thing led to another. And in 1990, yeah. they 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 ended up hiring me to work on it. So it was just like just yeah. just luck, just being in you know in the right place. The way TV time. is gone. I mean, do you think do you think that can happen again? Uh, the, you know, the way what is gone? Well, just television in general. I mean, do you think uh, do you think someone could get something on a local access channel? And then it could actually make it to the... I think the, the, the modern equivalent of that is people doing stuff on the internet, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there have been a few cases where people just put stuff up on the internet. I mean, sure. one of the one of the current pilots that um, might get picked up um, on... Uh, I forget what network it's on, but it's based on a bunch of tweets that someone did on Twitter. Yeah, oh, uh, shit what my shit my dad says. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the William Shatner thing. So um, my my roommate, Joe, my good friend Joe, uh, actually, he works with the guy that does that. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, it's amazing the deals yeah. he's gotten out from Twitter. And the guy yeah, just yeah. did tweets. There was all stuff his his so, dad and there's, said, you yeah. know, and, and people have done like uh, mm. like videos on. So the internet is mm. like it is. The on the one hand, there was like it was kind of a great thing back like 20 years ago on basic cable was basic cable like comedy central which was the comedy channel then Mm -hmm. um was much more like off broadway back then right it was much more like like stuff you know they were willing to try stuff now like the the basic cable channels are as mainstream and are as successful financially as the networks you know yeah so they they got more to lose so they can't take as many risks they they don't take and then they you know and, and they've kind of figured out a lot of them have figured out what our co- corporate identity is, and so every show has to fit into that. Whereas Comedy Central was just, you know, uh, trying out, a, you know, whatever. They had a lot of very um, unusual, innovative shows on uh, back then. So, so that world is kind of gone, and and the world of basic cable, which is what gave Mystery Science Theater its chance, that's all changed now. It's much more corporate now. Mm-hmm. But like I said, now there's the internet. Now there's mm-hmm. like a whole other thing that. That people, that's great because people can express themselves and may, make their own videos. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I, I, I do like uh, blog posts and stuff. And, and it's like you never know what will what, come of it. Maybe in most cases, 99% of the time, nothing comes of it except that you post it. Right. But then every now and then something breaks through and people get excited about it. So, mm-hmm. so you yeah. never know. It's definitely, I mean, there's a, it's, it's kind of like I, I equate it to music in some ways. Right. Because um, now, you do have access to a lot more uh, music out there. Yeah. You know, bands can make it without a record company. Right, you know? right. And all the record companies have sort of collapsed. And, uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. been a big 
big change, and uh, it, it's good. It's a good future for young artists, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's every things always change, and things that were that were great like go away, and oppor- uh, paths of opportunity kind of disappear. But then new ones come up, and now with technology, it just seems you you know you never know what's coming up next or what can happen. You know. Yeah. yeah. I think um, cable, it's going to be all streamed eventually. Right, right. And right now, we're, we're still kind of in the, the bounds of cable and what's on, you know, but I'm looking yeah. forward to that day. And I, 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 you I actually did, just I, got cable, I right? just got it. I just uh, oh, joined well, the future. Welcome yeah. to the future, Ed. Yeah. It's and, good to have uh, Congratulations. Right. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, should I, should I uh, start smoking weed? Uh, <laughs> should I drinking, start drinking twice as much? Or should I get cable? And I was like, all right. You made well. the right choice, friend. <laughs> and we, you know, weed, I have to say, of all the history I'm talking about, weed is one of the constants in our world that has never gone away. <laughs> That's a fascinating point, actually. Yeah. yeah. It is, because you can't say that about cocaine. No. I mean, or, or methamphetamines and all that yeah. stuff. But you, you can they say come and weed. Go, but weed is always weed. Is always constant. No, what, what happens is into weed, you know? uh, that the the coke dealers die, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and so people are like, "Oh, where do I get this?" And then someone else yeah. comes around. Yeah, there's, people, never, there's never a weed feud. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> there's a, a weed drug war. That spills you know, out the whole the cocaine thing of like. Hey, it's fun, but I'm losing my house. I'm losing my life. <laughs> yeah. No Just one will no no talk to me anymore. I'm paranoid. So it kind of, it, it, <laughs> the, the appeal of it wanes eventually. Hashish right. has always been around, though. You know, Just people smoking it to their enjoyment. And you're always going to call it hashish. I have a more proper term. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was an English teacher. He has very proper, you know, etiquette in English. Uh-huh. And I just, I just, you know, I want to yeah. do it justice. I just want to, I don't smoke hashish or weed. I can't. I have asthma. <laughs> I have a lung, you know, asthma condition and I, mm-hmm. I can't smoke it. But that's very depressing. I, I do. <laughs> I do. I do try to, you know. Say it properly. Well, Ed, I am definitely looking forward to coming over and checking out your cable sometime. Yeah. I'll show you what to watch. But there's so many channels, and know, like, tough. And instead of like watching stuff that like I I got it so I could like watch like Dexter or Breaking Bad, but instead of like watching that, I end up watching like these like stupid like morning shows that I'm oh. just like like oh I, here I, I like I I end up TiVoing one. Uh, hey, let me get on your computer. Yep. Yeah, I got it. I got it all dialed up. Uh, okay. There. Uh, yeah. Because then I I, I ripped it and uh, uploaded it up on. All right. Um, here we go. So here. <laughs> yeah. Hit it, Mike. Welcome back to Good Morning Tacoma. I am still Jack Quackenflop, and with me, as always, is Maria Willoughby. You know, during the commercial break, our producer Mike said I was looking thin. Oh, Mike, you drinking vodka in your coffee again? Nope, just scotch, no coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is right. He is a total alcoholic. But Maria, do, you do look thin, and we're going to fatten you up. Oh, Jack, please, no, I can't do any more crunches. It's a new segment we are doing, actually, a new segment called Cooking with Witch Mildred. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's move over to the kitchen. And hello, and good morning, my pets. Welcome to Cooking with Witch Mildred. And join my coven by the oven! <laughs> <laughs> well, you sure are in a good mood, uh, Mildred. Well, that's because I'm so excited for the new recipe I'm going to cast for you. They say a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> Depends on what you're into. Oh, you devil. Oh, you know the devil? He's my ex, you know. He's huge for a goat. Very small for a goat man. Oh, Mildred. Well, Cinco de Mayo will be upon us before you know it. And what Cinco de Mayo party will be complete without guacamole? Not a very good one. Oh, Jack. Guacamole is so easy to make. Even a werewolf can make it. 
Could you hand me that bag, please, Maria? Uh, uh, what's in here? It doesn't feel like avocados. Who needs avocados? The main ingredient in guacamole is moles! So I'll just dump this bag of moles into a bowl. Good God! Then you take a hammer and you whack it! And 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 whack it! I'm, I'm going to be sick. Here, have a bite. No, thank you. Uh, maybe we should just move on to the next dish. Oh, great call. After a tasty appetizer such as guacamole, you'll have to move on to the main course. You won't need any moles for this, right? <laughs> no, our main dish is chicken cacciatore. Mmm, I love chicken cacciatore. What's that? Oh, no. Well, of course, when making chicken cacciatore, you need a chicken. Unleash the bird, Mike! Geronimo! <laughs> Here, chicky, 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 chicky. Hey, hey, maybe you should leave that chicken alone, right? It's like that chicken is chicken of which Mildred? The hunt is part of the fun when making this dish because all you have to do is gotcha, catch, and Terry! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, she's tearing that chicken apart with her bare hands! Good lord, witch, what's the matter with you? Oh, is your sweet tooth aching? Well, then it's time for dessert! <laughs> maybe we should just end the segment here. No! You can't have dinner without dessert. What better way to end dinner than with coffee and... Lady Fingers! Get over here, Maria! Get away from me! You stupid monster! Stupid monster? That's my husband. Now give me those piggies! Okay, that ends this episode of Good Morning Tacoma. Help me! Join us tomorrow when our guest will be Mario Lopez. Oh, I can't wait for that. Give me your fingers or I'll take your soul! Wow, that just got way out of hand. <laughs> I know. It's way better than Breaking Bad. <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, yeah, cable is like just an amazing place to see things. Like, it's amazing how many channels are out there and how much program, original programming they have. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just in like you would miss something like that because there's so much out there. Yeah. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, why do I need the All Tacoma Morning Show channel? <laughs> and I was hooked. And it's All Tacoma all the time. Yeah. Oh, just Tacoma in the morning. Oh, I see. But uh, mm-hmm. and then is it Wichita at night? Yeah. Okay. But it's always just one city, and that, that's all they cover. Well, that's <laughs> the Pacific Northwest is where all the uh, kids <laughs> from Twilight hang out, right? That's yeah. where all the vampires. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it's hip in a way. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing yeah. what's happened to that town from Twilight. Apparently now it's like a sleepy little town, and they just uh-huh. get tons and tons of people visiting. Well, the, yeah, the and same. I guess it's good for the town. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but but, it's, but uh, annoying for the people that live there. Yeah, right. yeah I mean, you got it. You got it. Like, it's like Wolverson and, and Teen Wolf. <laughs> well, yeah, we ha- we we can't like judge the kids into Twilight too harshly because every generation has their own mediocrity that they embrace. Yeah, and, and Twilight is just and, that and actually, mediocrity. yeah, like the same thing happened to the Blair Witch Town. You know, like yeah. the last like. I didn't years know ago. that became became like uh, just like the Twilight Town. Yeah, really. Same thing. Yeah, what Big was Bad. that town, the Blair Witch? I, yeah, I can't remember. But, and then uh, there's another town that's devoted to Blair Witch Project parodies. <laughs> <laughs> and that got run uh, over. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's Scary Movie Town. Yeah, Scary Movie Town, exactly, yeah. Well, I hear more people are moving to San Diego after Paranormal Activity came out. Mm. Really? Yeah. Oh, is the, that where that the, took They're place? trying to find the yeah. poltergeist? San Diego, yeah. Or was it a poltergeist? Well, no, no one really knows what it was, I guess. But uh, it, it, it was funny because when I... I don't even remember if I brought this up with you guys, but uh, it was funny because uh, um, 
after I saw it with my girlfriend at the time, uh, uh, she went on IMDb, which is kind of like doing research on the movie. Just right, uh, right. and and uh, she went to the girl's uh, IMDb page, and like the first like uh, you know in the discussion board about her, the first thing someone put was, "Did she have to gain weight to get this role?" <laughs> it was just like <laughs> so sad. Like, I know. like wait, why? I mean, I don't. She wasn't like uh, basically. He was just saying that she was that she was chunky, but. Uh-huh. Uh, Chunkier than usual for major for, Hollywood for, movie. For, uh, well, yeah. when you know that, that's God bless them for that, and also when you're doing a low budget movie, you want bigger people; they take up more space, you don't have to <laughs> spend as much on the sets or whatever. Well, I'm, right. just, I'm just guessing that <laughs> easier to light. That's why I, I, that's why I get well, so much work. But it runs off the catering bill, though, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> offsets. Yeah. <laughs> um, what movies do you uh, like? What was the last movie you saw recently? Um, uh, in a theater, like, um, uh, it's been a while, I think Birth of a Nation. It's been a long time. Oh, <laughs> That's quite a drought. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, in the theater, I, I don't really get, I saw Avatar, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the movie theater, but, uh, most of the movies I watch are like either on DVD or, and I like still have a huge collection of laser discs. <laughs> That's Cause, awesome. Because uh, I, when I started, um, I started buying movies. The minute I could afford to buy movies, of course, I, I started, and it just so happened that that moment came in my life during the last throws of laser discs, where there was still it was that great place on um, Ventura. Uh, I forget the name of it, but they and I would go there all the time and buy laser discs, and then DVDs oh, came uh, right down here. Yeah, right, right down uh, the hill from here. Yeah, yeah like right video it's before something or Dave, uh, Dave's. Yeah, Dave's laser disc. Dave's I used laser, to go there. Yeah, I used yeah. to go there. So I have a ton of like Criterion Collection stuff on laser discs. That's great. And, um, but I, but then I started, uh, and I have like a laser disc player and. Um, there's no remote for it anymore, and you can't buy one anywhere. Right. <laughs> so when I, in order for me to watch a laserdisc, I have to put it in and then just watch it. There's no pausing, or it's it's you know, <laughs> no and, and, then, and then I have to turn it. I have to turn it over like an album. Yeah, you know, when it gets right. to the middle of the movie. But I have a lot of really good movies on laserdisc, so That's I still awesome. do that. Yeah, That's great. Uh, uh, can I, uh, all right, wait. The store was called Dave's Laserdiscs. Dave's. And, I, Dave's I'm pretty sure. Vid- or Dave's. Dave's something Dave's video yeah. Or, yeah okay but it wasn't he just didn't sell laser discs though he sold no yeah he, yeah, sold, he sold equipment he sold like stereos oh okay and, yeah. Like, it's home, like somebody home, coming out with like Bob's Blu-ray I miss yeah. them though I miss them though because they had a good collection of movies actually yeah and yeah. Um, after they went down I went I used to go to I, I don't like Blockbuster mm. uh, I try to avoid that and I, I like the mom and pop Right, right. Video stores because they just have better stuff, and oh, I was going yeah. to Twenty Twenty for a while, mm-hmm. and it was it, Twenty Twenty. It's a chain, but it's it's usually independently owned by families. Right, right. And they had an awesome selection. Then that went down. So yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, now, yeah. and I think it it sounds like everything. The direction that everything is going is that you'll be able to download everything. Like pretty it, soon. it pretty much is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely. Ultimately, we are. I mean. I believe Blu-rays are probably, you know, disc media. La- it's the last stand of disc media. Yeah. And it if that way, yeah. It, I think it's uh, practically right now. I mean, I can, I can media stream will be HD gone. through yeah. my Xbox. Yeah, you know, like CDs are almost movie. obsolete. Yeah. Music CDs are yeah, almost obsolete. Yeah, I was thinking about that today because I was actually in Amoeba today, and I was, and I still listen to CDs all the time, and I still, I still have never, like, um done like itunes that much like mm-hmm. or i've never had like an i ipod or whatever mm-hmm. like i'm just um 
I'm kind of like still like stuck in you know, like the head of just CDs. But then I, I was in Amoeba looking at all these CDs. I was thinking I might want to buy, but I'm kind of in that transitional phase where like, should I still buy CDs or yeah. should I wait and start just downloading? Yeah, them, right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I've held on to my CDs even though, you know, I, I moved on to... And I still do buy CDs. Like right. bands that I really like, I will buy the CD because I like, I don't know, it's just an old thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a collector. It's there's a, it's a great to, you know, to have objects, you know, of, yeah. like, of something that someone put out yeah. and to have it in a case and... Yeah. And, um, you know, and when everything is going to be downloaded and you're going to be able to just get books, you know, on yeah. your iPad, then it's like, you know, it's another one of those things of like, we'll be losing something cool. I don't know? think that'll ever leave me because when I was a kid, I loved going to record stores. Right. And, and yeah, just, me, you know, too. me too. Looking for the new albums and just yeah. seeing what's, what's out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It was just a but cool. But you got to think like, for like people like Kevin, like Kevin can't break up his weed on top of an MP3. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, That's been one CD. of the main problems <laughs> since the end of the album era is rolling joints has been much and, and getting the seeds out it's been much more difficult I actually use an old phonograph player you know, but it sucks like you know, if, you, if that breaks you know like what are you gonna where do you get that stuff anymore <laughs> it was years before I even saw what the Allman Brothers looked like there's always weed over their picture also the mustaches were green yeah. <laughs> well Frank thank you so much it's been an absolute blast oh, getting to you. talk to you oh please please wonderful Thanks. guest been, spectacular Frank Kelly. absolutely a lot wonderful. of fun Thanks for having me. I really uh, enjoyed it. What would you like to plug? Go ahead. Well, I would just say that anyone who is interested in seeing any of the uh, Cinematic Titanic DVDs and that are also, speaking of technology, available to be downloaded, uh, mm-hmm. you can go to uh, cinematictitanic.com mm-hmm. where all that stuff is. And, and I do a show called Cartoon Dump uh, once a month uh, here in uh, Los Angeles. So you can... Is that the uh, Steve Allen Theater? Yeah, at the Steve Allen mm-hmm. Theater. And we have a uh, Facebook uh, Cartoon Dumb fan page mm-hmm. that you can go and check out and, and has uh, all the information about that. Yeah, and for LA listeners, I mean, or even if you're visiting in town, it is, it's a once-a-month show, and it is, yeah. it's a great it's show. It's the last Monday of every month. Yeah, so. it's a fantastic show to see. You guys get like really old, obscure... Yeah, really bad cartoons. Cartoons. And, uh, it's great. And great night of comedy. And we have sketches and songs. We like, just had Patton Oswalt was in. We always have like uh, guest comedians and, mm-hmm. and magicians, and uh, Michael Rayner is a great juggler. He does the show a lot, and... Uh, um, you know, it, it's just a really fun kind of sick. Uh, uh, Pat Nos, Pat, Pat Oswald actually describes it as it's what a, if they did a kid show in Bosnia. That's what Cartoon Dump. Would be. That's awesome. It's very yeah. disturbing and dark. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen it. It's very funny. So go see it. Oh, thanks. Definitely. Well, thank you, Frank, and thank uh, you. stay tuned because uh, we got our movie review coming up. For this episode, we reviewed the movie Nightmare on Elm Street. Mike and I saw it together. Ed saw it by himself. So we're going to have an interesting dynamic of opinions, I'm sure. We haven't talked about it yet. This is all first time, everybody. I kind of want to say the funniest part of this this whole thing, though, was, Ed, you were the one most jazzed to go see this. Kevin and I actually didn't really want to go see it. Yeah. I guess and, I guess two against one doesn't count in this world anymore when it comes to votes. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, we were going to go see it, but... Like, oh, Kevin wanted to like, man, let's go see Backup Plan. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't want to see Backup Plan. Yeah, and then it was two against one, and I accepted it. <laughs> but uh, I just have to say, like, it was, it, it was funny though because like we were all supposed to go through it, you know, see it. Or we were all supposed to go see it, all three of us together. Yeah. But then Ed, you ended up having a show. Yeah. 
and you couldn't go. So it ended up being Kevin and I, the two guys that didn't want to go see the movie in the first place. Yeah, that was a really weird experience. <laughs> it like, was. I, like, I've never gone to a movie with another person that didn't want to watch the movie we were going yeah, to. Yeah, it was really it was strange. Just, yeah, it was just But strange. you both didn't kind of want to see it? I have a vague curiosity. I mean, maybe, but... maybe rent it. You know, like down the line, but just in the exactly, theater. Exactly, yeah. yeah I just didn't. It's not, hey, I didn't want to see it either, man. The people <laughs> in, in Fort Podcast Land want to know what we have to say about it, and it's our civic duty. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, you know, that, that's true. It's your fault for not suggesting movies for us to review. We're, we're just trying to please you, listeners. We have no idea what you like, what you don't like, because you won't talk to us. But now, you just call me the devil over and over and over again. Uh, uh, Kevin, that was, that was Mike and me. <laughs> You sons of bitches! <laughs> yeah, my my bitch is dead. <laughs> but you know, it, it, <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> Seriously, you're gonna talk about my mom that way? You brought it up. Don't bring in our moms into this. It's not cool. Hey, we can talk about my mom if you make it feel better. <laughs> when Kevin and I went to see the movie, uh, I'm kind of relieved to hear that you were sick because uh, you were really quiet that night, and I thought maybe you were just disgruntled about going to see the movie. Ed couldn't be there. You I, know? I was quiet during the movie. You were quiet the whole time. I mean, we just <laughs> like I were got watching there. it. <laughs> I, I got respectful it. to everybody around you in the movie theater, <laughs> and that's unusual. And and I, I uh, you know, but when that's I arrived, it's like I don't know. We were you was just you were just quiet, and like we were just well, uh, yeah, not I, talking that much. And well, like, we, we had a couple beers and. Yeah, it was, yeah uh, no, but I was definitely low energy. Yeah, yeah, you were very, you weren't Kevin Ford. It was that double down, man. It kicked my ass. Yeah, yeah. Like three days later. Yeah, but you know, in the theater, Fuck that sandwich. Now, this is the funny thing, though. <laughs> uh, like in the theater, now I'll just say right up front, I, I really didn't enjoy Nightmare on Elm Street. But Kevin, when I looked over at you, uh-huh. at points in the movie, you were actually sweating, and. I was like, oh, maybe he's really getting into the movie. Like, maybe he's really enjoying it. Oh, no, that, that was that was the illness bug that was in my I body guess so. this week. Yeah, but then uh, you said like right after the movie, you're like, I have to go piss, and then I was like, oh, that's why I was sweating. He was holding in. Oh, and no, uh, I, I usually don't sweat when I have to pee. Yeah. yeah, but I guess it was just that you were not feeling well. So. Yeah, I was. I didn't, and we yeah. had a, we had a couple beers before, so I had to go pee afterwards. And, right, right, and uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I was just I was just really bored. Yeah. For, so my two cents. Uh, did not like the movie. I was, I was just bored. Like I was just waiting for it to be over at, at a certain point. I think Kevin and I are kind of on the same wavelength. I, yeah, at, we we talked about this walking yeah. home from the Grumman Chinese Theater where we saw it, and uh, we did think it dragged a little bit. Like it, it was kind of boring. Okay, um, l- let me just ask everybody: Have we all seen every Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes, movie. I have. Um, I have. I've definitely seen uh, Nightmare, New Nightmare, and uh, Dream Warriors. And then I've I've seen all I've, I've seen them all everyone too, yeah. Yeah. yeah but um but yeah exactly so I think part of the boredom maybe is that like I was talking to Mike about this like we've seen so many movies with Freddy Krueger we know all about Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. so it's like you're watching a movie where these characters are kind of learning everything for the first time. Like they yeah. search on the internet and they're yeah. like, our parents are lying to us. And it's like, yeah, we all know that your parents are lying to you. Okay, right there. That's where I'm already angry. Okay. Uh, it's like, and, uh, and what did you think of the movie? Like, just write, just say what you thought of the movie right now just so we know what you thought. When it first started off, okay, like I was just like, oh, this isn't bad. This looks okay. I'm, 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 I'm willing to go along with you. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. then once they were start to like, 
make character changes on Freddy Krueger. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, like, oh, what? Oh. No, this does not. This doesn't make any sense at all. Not even. Not not even a little bit. So uh, we are all in, in agreement about this movie, I guess. So yeah. Now, anyway, what was it? Sounds it like really, we, sounds like we all have at least a yeah, thumbs down. I just want to make sure, least. like, we all we were all on the same page. But go ahead, Ed. Yeah, well, let, what let, was let's it that all really, bitch away. Okay. Well, before we yeah. go into it, uh, the director of it. What was his name? Oh, I don't know. He's, he was a. Uh, doesn't matter. But the reason. <laughs> <laughs> the reason what, what, what he's famous uh, for, he's famous for directing the Smells Like Teen Spirit video. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. Sure. But you know how he got that job? No. Uh, when uh, Kurt Cobain was uh, picking the director to, uh, uh, he was looking at director's reels to direct his first music video, yeah. um, he picked the worst one. And he and he picked that guy because it was the worst reel. Oh, really? And he picked it as a fuck you to the record company. And then it ended up <laughs> like, you know, all these, it ended up being a cool video. You gotta be yeah. kidding me. Yeah. But it was just blind luck. It had to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, according, and, according to this movie. So then, because of that, now Kirk Cobain gave us a big fuck you <laughs> because he ended up oh, directing. Oh, he, he, it's a fuck you from beyond the grave. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky. Um, in the original, Freddy Krueger originally was uh, killing high school kids. Yeah, you know, and or or Craig. Well, you mean, but well, but before in, he died, though, he was in a the, child. In murderer. the original, uh, in the original movie, in the original movie, before he was killed, yeah, he was a child murderer. Yeah, he, he yeah. was a child murderer. He was right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So and so that makes sense that he had a glove that he would kill people with. Right. Right. Okay. So why in this? Is he a child molester? Yeah, I don't... Because here's the thing. Because uh, they show pictures of the kids that he was molesting. Yeah. And they had, like, these claw marks on his back. But any babysitter, this is just a regular babysitter, a healthy, normal babysitter, knows you can smack kids around. Don't leave marks, okay? Yeah. So any child molester, like, why would you, why would you uh, scratch them uh, <laughs> and, and then send them a five-year-old home? That's gonna obviously be take, given a bath by their parents. Like they're gonna find that shit. Yeah. The, Second, uh, there was that scene where uh, he's like, "Hey, what? How come? What happened? Like uh, when I was in preschool? It's like who? Who remembers when you were five? Everyone that's yeah. normal remembers everything <laughs> when they were five. Like I was, I was just like, I, that's where I begin to remember shit is when I was five. Sure. And like so, I re- like yeah. To expect that a whole like that a class full of twenty something kids would not remember their preschool. I mean, yeah, maybe it was traumatic, but all of them would have repressed trauma, and not, not one of them would have any idea. Like, even even after they start seeing Freddy Krueger in their dreams, like, none of them would fucking have an inkling and, like, have any kind of past memory. They like, created the song, One, Two, Three, yeah, Coming exactly. For You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it didn't make... Okay, because I wanted to ask you guys about that. Like, I don't remember him... Like molest, I don't remember molestation being a part. No, of he was just a Freddy killer. Guy. He was just a child killer, right? He would, yeah, he was well, killing the kids. And better, the yeah. killing, killing kids is okay. Molesting them's fucked up because if you molest them, they have to live with the memory of what you did to them. If you yeah. kill them, yeah. it's done. And it doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, why would you have those? No, yeah, you're right. Because when the kid, so, when they, they had that montage of the kids telling their parents that they're being molested, yeah, but they only molested one girl. So why is everybody else all creeped out? No, no, because she said like like something about like like what he did to us or something like like there's like it, it's implied that it was like more than her, but wasn't it? I thought it was. But why did all the kids love him? Well, they loved him up until the point where he started playing their little sex games. I think it, maybe he did it for like one week, and then the parents found out. And they're like, "Well, we're coming after you." Yeah, three parents. <laughs> no, there was a whole bunch of them. There yeah, was there was a, a whole bunch in this movie. Well, but no, that's the way it was in the old movie too. Like, okay, was, you saw was, the three parents in the trunk scene, but yeah. no, there was a group of them outside. There was definitely oh, yeah. like more than three. But the idea, it's just it's odd, like. Oh, I got. I got there's I'm, no, there's no justice in this, in this sense because 
not only did he molest the kids, uh-huh. but then in death he came back to kill them. Yeah. No, now, it, it, it just seems odd to me. Like, it, it's sort well, of, like, in the first case, okay, he was a kid killer. He's kind of a demon in a way. Well, what's cool... So he comes back as a demon. What's cool know? about the revenge story in the first one is yeah. that he kills the kids, and then the parents kill him, and then... Once he be, once he comes back, he's punishing the parents. He's punishing the parents, right, by killing their new kids. Yeah, but again, now by doing what he does best, he's basically coming back and punishing the very kids. Yeah, it's, a, it's almost like yeah. in this new, it's not even revenge. Where's he's, the he, justice? It's not revenge. He, he's just finishing up old. There's business. no revenge. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no revenge at all. Yeah, <laughs> and also he was kind of retarded when he was normal. Yeah, like when when he was alive, he was, he was kind of retarded. Like, Duh, I love you, kids, and, yeah. and then he's like, Oh no, I didn't do nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you wanted me to finger her with my claw glove. Oh, jeez. Fire? What do I do with fire? I'm just going to stand right here. And, oh, my God. Uh, my skin. And, like, he doesn't have a car. Like, why is he running on foot away from the parents? Like, they, come on. Let's get it. At least I'm retarded. I'm retarded because the, the guy that wrote the script's retarded. Yeah. I love, though, in this movie, the only. There's two things in this movie that really cracked me up. And I actually laughed. Maniacally in the movie, and Kevin looked at me weird. That's true. Mike had his first maniacal laughter yeah. moment. Uh, it's when uh, the we see the, uh, the the blonde girl in the movie, Chris, Chris, and we see her mom, <laughs> and uh, played by Katie Cassidy. <laughs> yes, she looked like Jennifer Coolidge a little bit. <laughs> oh, but, the, mo- the mom did. Yeah. No, 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 she was she was skinny. She looked she was like in that hot stewardess outfit. Oh, different mom. Yeah, no. Th- this is the uh, the mom. Oh, the main mom looked like yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, the main mom. I this gotcha. is this is the blonde's mom. Yeah, that mom. They look like <laughs> they look like sisters. And I was yeah. like, that's her mom. And I just couldn't stop laughing. That was funny. Them. Like, yeah, you started laughing, and then I'm like, what's Mike? Oh, yeah, I get it. Oh, that that is funny. They yeah. look like three years apart. <laughs> like, like the, the group of high school kids in the movie. It, it seemed like the first two that you first see in the diner. It looks like. Like, I was confused when the other high school kids were talking about him, and they were, like, all jealous and mad. Right. I thought that they were bitching about, like, their older brother and sister that are in college. Right. Or, or, or like, that are, that are, like, graduated college. Like, I, I had no idea they were supposed to be in the same grade. Exactly, yeah. Like, it didn't make any oh. damn sense. Uh, here's the other thing uh, that pissed me off about it, was that, like, the old effects, the effects in the first one, right. were, were cool, and I watched the original, like, last year, uh-huh. and I was like, these effects still kind of hold up. Like, I mean, the ones, like, where the girl's, like, rolling around on the on the roof, or, yeah. or, or like, or, when Freddy Krueger's coming through the wall. Like, I was like, oh, and, like, and there's lots of, yeah, like, not to net, like, when he cuts open his belly and the worms come out, sure. and, and the girl in the body bag, like, like yeah, yeah, like, some gross stuff. And, and I was, like, a little dated, but you know what, I... I I could still appreciate it, and it's still a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. And then like here, like it's all like it's all effects. So it was like the abyss, <laughs> you know, when his face is coming through the wall. I was like, oh, I'm not impressed oh. by this at all. Uh, and the only thing that was kind of cool about uh, about when she was rolling around the ceiling was that she was being whipped around more, like you could hear. Her yeah, hitting. yeah. Uh, but outside of that, like they didn't even like show it like the way they showed it in the original one. Right. Uh, and I was just like, what was the last time you were impressed by special effects? Yeah, I, I know. you know what's funny to me too is um, the main mother in this, the the mother, uh, the, Nancy's mom, Nancy's mom. Yeah, I just loved how she kept saying like, "You need to go to bed. You need to get some sleep." <laughs> she said it through the entire movie. Well, and when she got back from the hospital at the end, the mom and the first, the mom in like, the first you movie go straight to bed. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. The, well, the, but that it is. Yeah, the yeah. mom in the first movie was an alcoholic bitch. Who, right, like, right. Didn't want to like be helpful at all and but this this mom was very helpful she I, was i gotta say though like the acting in this movie like it didn't seem like all the adults like the people who played the parents were like yeah almost it seemed like they were almost pissed off that they had to do the movie 
like Clancy Brown and like Nancy's mom. Like they were just half-assing it, and it just seemed like they had a, like a bitter scowl on their face. Like, God, do I have to read these fucking lines? God, this is stupid. I hate this shit. I'm a better actor than this. I'm from Broadway. Damn it! <laughs> like I just got that impression Why from don't the adult. You get some sleep. <laughs> the only adult in the movie who who was really getting into it was Jackie Earl Haley as yeah. pretty good because yeah. like. Like he's probably thinking like cha ching like if I'm like anything right if I'm half as good as Robert England I'm gonna get four more mm. movie deals out of this and I'm I'm set for the next ten years cha ching he I think he was a good Freddie too I mean yeah. it's just and you know I, where he's and, the and old. I appreciated the way yeah. he looked like, oh yeah uh, like because he actually looked like a burn victim as yeah. opposed to Robert England with uh, a melty mask yeah <laughs> I, I it seemed like his makeup would change from shot to shot though yeah like it yeah seemed, I, I like, noticed that too you saw like like yeah. like the open sores would move places <laughs> yeah depending yeah. on like which angle he was talking to you from i'm like wait a minute i thought his cheek was gone now yeah. it's back again i thought yeah. it was just acne i don't know it depends on what, <laughs> like, what kind of day it is split second acne yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you're a demon you know and, yeah, it's probably a lot of shit going on and there. also they they kind of brought in a bullshit rule with the uh, with the micro naps in this movie where like like they introduced the idea that if you're if you're awake long enough you're gonna have like a little three second dream so no matter where you are even if you're wa- like swimming in a swim meet exactly fuck you even if you're in a fucking swim meet Freddy Krueger can get you because you might fall asleep for two seconds while you're that, swimming. Th- that, that made that, no that, fucking sense. Yeah, the you <laughs> the place where you're only the most awake, <laughs> you're in the middle of a exactly. physical competition. And it wasn't like it was in a staring contest. <laughs> and also, also in the in in the beginning when the the blonde chick Chris when she's at her boyfriend's funeral. She gets a visit from Freddy and the a scre- scre- scary little girl. It's like, like, what the fuck? Like, why are you falling asleep at your boyfriend's funeral? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was yeah. pretty funny. Too. Like, how heartless are you? <laughs> <laughs> she like, fell asleep at a funeral oh, at I, her I, boyfriend's funeral for like a minute. Yeah. Oh, I also hate when hot girls are, are like when the waitress who who she was attractive, Fair. and then uh-huh. she's like, "Oh, how come you never go out on dates with me?" He's like, "Uh, I." I don't fit in. And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck you!" Like, like anybody w- in this movie or in this theater would totally bone you yeah. happily. And it's like, I, oh, I'm weird because I paint pictures barefoot. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'd say there was probably zero percent recognizable high school behavior in this film. Yeah, like, yeah, it, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like but how they looked, how they yeah. acted. Like everybody was too old or too, mm. too young. It, did, yeah, it just didn't. The casting was off. I, well, you know, I, I kind of missed um, or in the later uh, movies with with Freddie. Freddie kind of became a stand up comedian. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's what I missed the most. I he, there was one scene in particular well, where I understand what's not in there because uh, the zingers don't come until oh, like, yeah. like at least part two. But yeah. but, but, but I would but, say but, he had more zingers in this remake of part one than he originally he did. did. In part yeah, one. you're right. You're right. I would say that one of my favorite. He talked more. One of my favorite jokes though Boom. was like he was he was looking at this kid. and He's like <laughs> it was you know a good looking kid. and He's like. You got the body. I got the brains. And then he like ripped off his head. <laughs> That's part two. Revealed. Yeah, part two. Yeah, it's great. Freddy's oh, Revenge. I love that, that, Freddy's that like that was comedy. Like, it's like uh, like the most homoerotic movie. Like of, That's of all true. Cover. I think it was you that told me that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was voted by, I don't know, some kind of gay coalition. But that it was, uh, yeah, the, like the most homoerotic horror movie of all time yeah. is Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Because yeah. there's all this like... Like he's using his body, and, and there's the, uh, the the gym teacher that turns out to be like a sadomasochist fetish, and he's like whipping the kid in the in the stalls like before Freddy Krueger comes and kills him. Like lots of, like lots of sweaty guys like running around the track with. Well, the first one, there's he's like it's mainly around a girl, and then Freddy's Revenge is mainly around a guy. Exactly, and and like how it affects all his guy friends and. And like anytime he tries to kiss a girl, Freddy's tongue comes out and like oh, and it's just no, no. It's it. talking on the phone. 
It's like, oh, please. And then the, the receiver's like oh, looking at him. And blah, blah, blah. I'm your boyfriend now, Fred. <laughs> I have a little uh, game that I have invented that I play with the Nightmare on Elm Street series, the old series. Uh-huh. I will... Uh, the TV show Freddy's Nightmares? No, oh, that was a horrible show. Yeah, because he wasn't even in it. Like he, he would just yeah. be like, "Well, r- r- the, well, Robert England was the host. He was, he like was the, the host. Did you he watch was, it? I saw one episode. I, it's on. It's currently on the Sci-Fi Channel late at night. But he was like, the, he was, like, he was like the owner of the malt shop. One of the worst shows. Like the, it's like just pure video production. Well, it's <laughs> yeah, no, because he'd be the intro, sort of like a crypt keeper. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, kiddies, uh, something, some stupid pun, and then like these kids would just have nightmares. Yeah, but uh, Freddy Krueger wouldn't kill them. But didn't re- didn't it revolve around a, a malt shop though? I thought it was like a, maybe like the episode a, that you saw. Oh, like each okay. episode would be each like, one was different. It was like Tales from the Crypt, uh, or, or like the Crypt Keeper would be like, "Hello, kitties." Better yeah, yeah, yeah. The better yet. way. Okay, right. you guys remember Tales Tales from the Crypt? Yeah. Do you guys yeah. remember fit Tales from the Dark Side? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, was yeah. a very low budget. Very low. I mean, budget, they had yeah. like video. Uh, there was the, also the a intro. worse one called yeah. Monsters. Yeah, Monsters. Yeah. I this remember was, that. This oh was my god! The Freddy it's starting. The Freddy. <laughs> the uh, that that Freddy series was like that, but but now there's a game that I play with the uh, the movies. What I'll do is the night before I'm gonna watch one of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets. I kind of deprive myself of sleep. I uh, I so that you fall asleep on purpose. Well, no, this is the thing. I uh, I then I'm all tired the next night when I watch the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So you and don't know if you're goal, dreaming or not? No, my goal is to try to stay awake through the entire movie. Uh-huh. But if I'm like really tired, it's really tough. I'm like fighting sleep. So I kind of feel like I'm identifying with the characters because they're like, you know, trying to stay awake. They're trying to like, stay awake. So I'm trying to stay awake through the movie. So it's just as scary for but, you as it is for them. But if you yeah. fall asleep, then you just wasted your time and money. Yes. But he's going but he has the same sensation. But I, I, I understand the same sensation, that, yeah. yeah. Try it, seriously. No, cuz I want to make sure I finish the movie. <laughs> I f- if I see we, movie after 10. You, you and it's I almost have... like if you watch RoboCop and you you rip off your right arm yeah. and replace yeah. it with a robot. How many arm. I've already seen the movie. I've already seen the movie. So I'm just going back and I'm trying to like force myself to stay awake with the characters through or, this movie. Or it's like you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and yeah. you surround yourself with snakes. Yeah, or if you watch uh, The Secretary, and then you have sex with your secretary. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you haven't seen The She's Secretary? She's dead. <laughs> Kevin, that's actually a pretty good movie. She, she's dead the whole time? Yeah. Oh, man. That's actually a pretty good no, movie. That's hotter. <laughs> oh, man, I really got to watch it now. The bottom line, what I took away from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street... Uh-huh. Disappointment. My, by the way, my, my drunk grade was a C minus. Well, uh, you weren't really drunk, though. I wasn't at all. But if uh, I oh, was oh, drunk, oh, it would gotcha. be a C minus. I got you. I got you. We were sober. I gave it a D. Ooh. That's yeah. just, I think that's Mike's lowest grade yet. For, it is. For any drunk or sober. But my bottom line with this is just Hollywood. Make some new movies. Let's not remake the old movies from the 80s. Let's, or if you're going to remake them, remake them. Right. Yeah, like, or, like Ed, you liked the Friday the 13th remake, right? I haven't seen no, it. No, no. Uh, no, I, I didn't like it either. You recommended it to me. I, I, it's worth watching for free, because you steal all your movies. <laughs> okay, I wasn't no. attacking you. Why but, are you attacking me? This is but getting no, no, weird. Well, I'm My, saying, no, I was, I was saying, if you're going to watch it for free, I, I wish I could steal movies. I, 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 thought, I thought you enjoyed it. I, I'm not saying you liked it better than the first one, I, but I thought you, you said it was decent. Um, There's one good kill in it. And there's boobs in it. There's m- boobs, yeah. There wasn't even really any bubbies. No, oh, that was the other in, thing. In was Friday the like, 13th. Uh, yeah, they they 
they redid a lot of the classic scenes, but just worse. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have the bubby. I mean, that's a, that's a major thing you need to you have. Just there. say what are you calling it's it? It's weird when you say bubbies. Yeah, yeah. Why, why are you saying that? I always say bubbies, but you know, whatever it's you it. want to call it. You say it's bubbies for boobies, and you see hashid for we uh, <laughs> hashish for we. <laughs> yeah. Okay, audience, let us know: uh, is bubbies weird or is it okay with you guys? But anyway, the right answer is weird. <laughs> Here's just what I'm so saying. You know. I, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this and leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay. I'm gonna say to Hollywood, let's let's make some new movies with new characters. All right, but that we can make a series out. But of. But at the same time, Mike, it, it seems all right. There, there's there's, a, there's still there's, an audience for it. Is there, there, there not? There's a trend yeah. to like be pissed up, pissed off about remakes that Hollywood has no ideas. And yeah, I'll agree with you up to a point. But there there is a market for remakes of movies that. If they're done well with like a new idea, absolutely, like The Ring, yeah, like The Ring. That was a great remake. Well, the, well, okay, or okay, Death okay. at a Funeral. Okay, hang on, hang on. The Ring is different though. Like, I'm not talking remakes of foreign movies that just came out like ten right. years ago. I'm talking about like remakes of like uh, like each generation needs its own version. I'm just of talking. I'm I'm Mary Elm Street. I, yeah, I'm talking on the version of just. No, we're talking. We're having a conversation. Yeah, here. horror movies. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't like I don't like the remake of the Halloween series. I don't like the remake of the Friday Thirteenth. But series. You, but at least give the Make Halloween new ones. At least give the Make Halloween series credit that he's not aping the. Well, I mean, I haven't seen them, but from what I hear, they're very different from the originals. You'll think very differently after you see them, Kevin. I'm just saying, at least give them credit for doing something different. They're not copying it shot for shot. Uh, yeah, I agree. You haven't seen Halloween remakes? No. Um, I don't even consider it a remake. I just consider it kind of like when they made all those like different Batman cartoons by different directors. Oh, uh, or like they did all those uh, Batman Ma- Gotham Knight. Or they did all those uh, like Matrix and a uh, Matrix. Yeah, both all the different directors. Yeah, like I don't even consider the Rob Zombie Halloween Halloween. I just consider, hey, this is uh, Rob Zombie if he did it. So like in the back of my head, the way I don't like go nuts is that. Um, oh, they're gonna actually remake it, <laughs> like uh, a normal way uh, soon. Yeah, exactly. Because like, because like, yeah, like part two is almost like, and it's like oh, an anthology of part two is insulting, but it has nothing to do with the original Halloween series. It's like, it's like, it's like a separate adventure made by a director. If like, oh, well, if I did Michael Myers, he would do this. Yeah, you know what well, I mean? Well, yeah. like, like part one, Rob Zombie was like, here's my take on it, and then part two was Rob Zombie going, thank you for your money, <laughs> fuck you very much. Well, I, and I, the reason I'm saying all that is like one of the greatest remakes of all time is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Is John, John Carpenter's The, the Thing. Thing. Yeah. It's like easily like my top three horror films of all time, which is a remake of a different generation's sure. The Thing that came out and in the 50s. And it came out good. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. I like, got you. They changed it. Like, like from what Carla says, it's actually more faithful to the original novel that came out like what? Like 1918 or 1920. So... There's a place for remakes. It's just very, yeah. It's just you, you have to you have to put your own personal stamp on it and make it your own. Yeah. But don't be afraid of remaking a movie. What was your drunken letter grades of this movie? Uh, Nightmare. Well, I'll start with sober because I was sober. Mm. Um, fuck, I was just bored. D minus. I was so bored. I just wanted it to be over. Um, drunk. All right. One part of the movie I thought was cool was was when she, when she was in the hallway and sinking in the pool of blood. I was like, ah, that was, was kind of cool. I would hate to be that girl at, That's the, at that dreamy. point. Yeah, and I just want to say that was obviously a homage, homage, homage to homage, a homage, an omelet to in part one when she's running up the stairs sure. and her feet are sinking in the stairs, but they just made it extreme. Yeah. It's a whole hallway, and also the the scene with Johnny Depp and the pool of blood, like like the bed erupting blood, 
in this movie, they remade it and they made it extreme because instead of a, a bed erupting blood, it's blood, a whole ceiling of blood going into a bed. Ooh, it's like the opposite. Ooh. <laughs> so good drunk. job, director. What would be your drunk grade? My drunk grade, uh, D plus. All right. Ed. Uh, I will go sober, D plus, drunk, C. Yeah, there you go. And I'm being very generous. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. I think this might have been our longest movie review discussion yet. Am well, right? because we, we were all hurt. Yeah, and there's a lot to talk about with like remakes we and horror films. Yeah. And yeah, there's. I didn't even go in expecting anything and I was let down. Yeah, I was just bored. Like, yeah. I was. I, honestly, I, you and I yeah, both you, said that. We you, were both you went tired. Into, like a date with me. <laughs> My, I saw Mike checking his watch and I was leaning over to look at his watch. Be like, all right. <laughs> What time? What time is it? What time is it on Mike's oh, watch? Oh, I will say this though. Um, what I thought was funny, or what I didn't like about it, but it's not the movie's fault, um, because I understand. Because I saw both Stepfathers, uh, the original. And, Are you serious? What in the theater? Right? I, I heard no, so no, much no, shit no. about the new one. No, I, I didn't see him in the theater. I I, I rented the original one. Oh, uh, uh, I like the original. Yeah, the original's yeah. a classic. I saw the original, and then I saw the the remake on Netflix. Uh, like I saw them both like back to back. Like one oh. night, the other one. The, the lead actor's night. now on Lost, isn't he? Yeah, Terry yeah. O'Quinn. Yeah. yeah, Terry O'Quinn. Um, but the thing was like in in the first one, uh, in the original one, uh, they show the the sixteen year old girl naked. Yeah, and so part of me like felt a little bit uncomfortable. Just because, like, you know, just because you get so paranoid about just like anything that comes up in your computer, you know, you're just like, ah, it's just gonna, it's just gonna haunt me later on. Yeah, in this day and age. Yeah. You know? So, like, obviously, she was over eighteen when she did this movie, but uh, still, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's fun, I mean, you know. I mean, I'm yeah. My uh, hands going down my pants. I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like drinking under, you know, when you're underage. Yeah, it, or, it's or more fun, but yeah. but more psychosexual. Yeah. <laughs> But but and then the remake there was there was nothing like that. But I was just like, well, I, I understand because uh, because to catch a predator is a popular show and, <laughs> and, and there's people are more sensitive to yeah. that type of thing now. So when I was watching uh, this one, like when the girls like in the bathtub and then the Freddy Krueger claw comes yeah. up between her legs, I was like, oh man, why aren't they showing me any nipples? <laughs> and then like dragging her into the like underneath the tub. Yeah, and Heather, Heather Lincoln can't. Like, oh yeah, because she's sixteen and and we can't see that. So like you know. The uh, primitive me wants to be like, yeah, give me something to to put in my spank bank. But uh, like realistic me, like oh, I understand. <laughs> so uh, it's that's not uh, kudos or boo to anybody. Yeah. Ed just wants just to ex- explain how he gets things I just need, in his spank bank. <laughs> I just need to whack off to new stuff. <laughs> he, he has a spank bank, and he there's a limit before he can whack off out of his spank bank. Yeah, my spank bank is filled with uh, memories of me whacking off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's all grody and crusty, and it, it needs fresh material, people. Come on, please donate. In addition to what movies you want us to review, eh, maybe send a picture. Ladies, you know? send your JPEGs. <laughs> yes, and then please, you know... Uh, Check us out on iTunes and uh, review us. You know, leave some comments. You know, it all helps. Yeah. So, uh, we, subscribe. We, subscribe if you want. We may just read your funny comment if yeah. you leave one. On yeah. the air. We Like we did today. We'll, well the first comments. one was real. Yeah. The first one was real. You can check it out on the website. Yeah, the rest is bullshit. Theforkcast.com. Yeah. So, Stan, we read your comment for, uh, for all to hear. This broadcast is going out into space. It's going to be preserved for all End time. End time, yeah. Oh, and there's also a thank you to, what's his name? Oh, uh, thank you to Alan in Boston for listening. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, special thank you for uh, for uh, further advertising us on Facebook to yeah. your friends. That's very See, cool people, if you, if you uh, make your presence known, we will talk about you. We will shout out your name to the heavens. Yeah. 
And what if we make swag, we'll send it out to you. All right, guys, this has been another great episode. Yeah, and we thank will- uh, you. And me were okay. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin funded it. Thanks if you're still listening. That's all I'm saying. We'll be back real soon. Boobs. Hey!